0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to All This and the Oscars, too. My name is Sasha Stone. I am the founder of AwardsDaily.com and maybe the most annoying person on the Internet. I mean, I know I'm up there, (laughs) uh, probably top five, maybe. Um, I'm here with our not-so-annoying editors. (laughs) Thank you for laughing, (laughs) Mark. (laughs) With our not-so-annoying editors, uh, Ryan Adams, Clarence Moy, and Mark Johnson. Hello. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello,
2: everybody, everywhere.
0: Hello, everybody, everything, everywhere, all at once.
2: <laughs> Every fucking once. All everywhere!
0: <laughs> all at
1: once! I
2: aspire, Ooh, aspire, I aspire to be as annoying as you, Sasha. You know I'm trying. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm your apprentice. I'm apprentice annoyance.
0: Oh, that's good. Oh, <laughs> all right, so we're just coming down off our hangover. <laughs> our SAG <laughs> hangover. Um. Of a record-breaking SAG awards for the first time in their history, I know because I made a, you know, a bl- an eye blinding chart today, <laughs> looking at the SAG yeah. uh, SAG awards history, and um, the most that's ever really won are three for the same movie, and they've never won four before. No movie has ever won four. So that's pretty intense. And not only that, but you're never gonna, we've never had, I don't think, in all of history. Well, you can't count it. 1994 is when SAG began, so obviously there's nothing before that. But from 1994 to now, you, you never had a situation where something won four SAG awards, or even three, and also won the PGA and the DGA. That's just unheard of. Like it is, it is a phenomenon unlike anything we've ever seen. So we'll talk about two things. We're going to talk about the SAGs. We're going to talk about what we think it means for the Oscars. Um, I wrote a piece today called A Tale of Two Cities about the BAFTA going in one direction totally and then SAG going in the exact opposite direction where none of their acting picks matched. For the first time, I think it's it's happened before, but not before the year 2000. And the rule about BAFTA is you don't count anything before that because before 2000, they held their Oscar, their ceremony after the Oscars. So mm-hmm. we don't count them as precursors because they can still be reacting to the Oscars or just not even caring about the Oscars. So in terms of our purposes, we, we tend to go just 2000 and, and, uh, and later. So in that time, um, there's never been a year where there were no matchups. So that's unusual. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there are a lot of factors uh, playing into this and we can talk about them, but let's just start with, and then we're going to, we have to move on to the next thing that was going to happen, which is the ACE awards in the WGA. We'll talk about that. Um, I think that happens this weekend next weekend so we're yes, not going to have I, to
2: i think yeah,
0: yeah we're not going to be doing a wednesday podcast because we're doing it today so we won't be too, we'll have to talk about that later too but let's get started first with the sag awards they were on youtube um hosted on netflix's site so that everybody could watch them whoever wanted to watch them could watch them i think there were it was in my opinion largely upsides very little downsides to that. Um, It opened it up to a lot of people all over the world who usually have to beg for links and can never. And so it's, it's always been strange that like you have these network shows that are begging for audiences and you have these people who are begging to see it and they can't get it together to be able to watch a show that they really want to watch. So here you have a situation where they can, anybody can watch it. So that was nice. It's so
2: simple. It's just so easy because everyone around the world has YouTube, and it's so just, it's so familiar to everyone. But yeah, you're right. Every single major award ceremony, especially on the site, everyone is in a mad scramble to find a, a bootleg. It's always bootleg, and so it's not even good quality. It's a, it's a, it's a illicit link for people to find to watch. Yeah. The, and a lot of times they can't even find it, and so they're just left out. They they try to follow the awards but they're left out totally on the big night and it's a shame. It always kinda hurts me that so many of our most loyal Oscar watchers are unable to watch the show sometimes. And it's not even you know, it's not as if even in America that T B S and T N T were major networks. For a cord cutter like me, sometimes those networks those channels were not easy for me to access either.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, Yeah. and so that was I, I did think it was it was funny when the when Everything Everywhere won and that, what's his name? The funny old guy was on there and he was like, mm-hmm. is the show going to ever be put back on television? Like to him, it Which was like, oh my him. God. Because
2: he's this adorable, he's so lovable. But th- at the same time that he was saying <laughs> that, if it was on network television, even if it was on TBS or TNT, he would not have been able to just talk for six minutes like he did. Right. He, they would right. have cut him off after 45 seconds or so. So all of his great, great rambling speech, we would have not been able to see if it had not been on yeah. YouTube. Yeah,
0: I mean, it makes a lot of sense mm. to have a show that people who want to watch can watch. And like, and it is an incredibly mm. shrinking industry now, and it's moving into niche, and it's never going to be what it was before. The people who might have watched it at home aren't going to watch it anymore anyway. And so it's a win-win, I think, for the industry and for Netflix. Uh, Netflix immediately clipped to the show and put on on their channel, like so-and-so speech and, you know, different moments. And that, that is something that I notice a lot of really high profile YouTube, uh, sites do so that they can capitalize. Like, no, a lot of people don't just want to sit there Mm -hmm. and watch for two hours. You know, they just want to watch certain parts Mm -hmm. of it. So that was really smart of them too. It just, the whole thing seemed to me very forward thinking. What do you guys think Mark and and Clarence about that?
3: I mean, I, I liked it. I, uh, I I stayed glued to it the whole time. I did watch it all, well, with the exception of maybe the last two or three minutes. But um, as I was writing the update on the site, but uh, I, you know, I, I like that uh, it it did feel freer. I think people, you know, you got some more interesting speeches, and you got a lot of people um, cursing, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, they would have been bleeped and all that stuff. Then there would have been the whole drama about what did they say and all this stuff. And you know, I. I it was it was it was good i mean it it's i think it, you know it's inevitable that this is where everything is headed so um I don't think it's a, a, a massive negative um I also like the fact that there were no commercials that we got to see clips of previous sag ceremonies, which I thought was pretty neat to see um you know tom hanks on his win for i think it was for gump um mm-hmm. you know so it, it i didn't have an adverse reaction to the construction of the uh the distribution of the show we'll put it that way
0: yeah
1: give it a 10 for 10 if i was rating it i thought um i thought it was put together well i thought it was entertaining it moved quick again no commercials as a as a fan of award shows for film at least um I, I love the speeches I, don't, I want them to go on for as long as they like and I, and I think that's what you have the freedom for here And I would love to see all of the award shows move to some kind of streaming, I mean there's some that we don't even get to see like DJ and PGA. it'd be kind of neat to mm. have those out there somewhere, I think uh, it, it would be really interesting if somebody put together an actual streaming network of some kind just for award, like award show type stuff
0: yeah, what a great um, idea!
1: Go, you know, right? Like all the guilds getting together and, and creating a guilds network or something, and then inviting the other ones into it. I, I don't know. Boy, that's a
0: great fun. idea. That's a great idea.
1: Yeah. yeah, it'd be really cool. But I, I thought it was great. And, and again, I, I was watching on Twitter a little bit of the international reaction, getting to watch it live for the first time with us. And you know, I, I think that's great too. And it, I, you do, you mentioned it's becoming a little niche. And, and i agree but that that's a community i i like being a part of and so if we could grow that you know as small as it might be coming you can still maybe grow it by having more engagement with the international market so i just i thought it was great it was entertaining somebody else tweeted something about not even realizing there wasn't a host until it was over and i i read that and I'm like oh shit there wasn't a host
2: I didn't, didn't I didn't think pretty, about that either. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. Didn't yeah, and it was really that. well produced, wasn't it? I felt like yeah, it was really all, well put together, had a great flow. The the everything just seemed really organic and natural. I'm looking at the page now on YouTube and it's up to over a million views. And so that's another thing about it. When it's on YouTube, mm-hmm. you keep the ratings will just forever for forever increase you know it, it, we, we were talking last night of how it seemed like there were i think there were only like 20 views which is a little bit disappointing but it, that's quadrupled in, well in
0: the- we should add that this is the only year they're putting it on youtube um oh right. yeah right that's kind of a shame it's yeah. gonna go on well, netflix it, next it, but, year
2: but
1: same, yeah and it's a, but it's the same concept where i think not a lot of people maybe want to watch it live they want to watch it on their own time it's the streaming generation you can just mm-hmm. watch it whenever and, Netflix,
2: and so, yeah. um Netflix is but, international too. And so even if someone has in, is doesn't want to do Netflix all year long, they can just you can just get Netflix for a month for fifteen bucks, right?
0: The thing that always makes me nervous about that and, and this is true in the Emmys as well, when, when it's hosted on a, a show that also has competing shows, um I always think that there's some sort of conflict of interest there, especially where Netflix is concerned. Like we saw with the SAG Awards, we saw some very, I thought, curious nominations this year (laughs) that were Netflix Mm -hmm. uh, nominations that Mm -hmm. I didn't think were necessarily. and, And we don't know that that could just be coincidence, but... And we we certainly didn't see that bear out in the SAG Awards. Like, it wasn't a Netflix-friendly show at all. It was all A24 all the time. (laughs) But, uh, so it wasn't...
1: They won every every award, right? Every film. I mean, that... Yeah.
2: That, that is not that's not stopping the conspiracy theorists on the site. There's several people on the site who are talking about the fact that it seems seems fishy that Netflix has so much influence over the control of the broadcast of these awards. But, you know, it's the same thing when it's on ABC. It's not as if yeah. someone also pointed out that every single network is owned by a conglomerate that's, right. that's associated with a movie studio. And ABC is Disney. That's right. right? And so,
0: yeah, they, and they're, they're talking about...
2: Uh, one more thing, I'm sorry, it's about about other other um, awards programs. Wouldn't it be great if the Governor's Award was, was a, available yeah. for, for people to watch? Yeah. I would love that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I were the Academy, I would have a YouTube channel. I would have a live streaming Oscars. I would invite sponsors to sponsor the YouTube show. And I would, because they can do that. I mean, you know, you only don't see ads if mm-hmm. you're a... Uh, uh, premium subscriber. And I, I would open up their show to, to the international audiences and I would open it up like Mark's saying. See, what I realized last night is I was um, sleeping. I, I do like around three in the morning, my brain turns on for some reason, and all of my thinking is done at this time. It, it just is the weirdest thing. And almost everything I write, I, I, I have in my head at three o'clock in the morning. And so this morning I was like, you know, because I was feeling sort of bummed out about the future um, of film awards, as you know, because I've been writing about it a lot, saying goodbye to an old way of movie theaters and movies and the way I grew up. You know, I was just talking to somebody today and he was saying that his first movies when he was when he was growing up were all what he calls um, IPs, meaning that they're like franchise movies. So I was like, you know, anything that's connected to some large franchise. And, and he was saying it wasn't until he got to be a young adult that he started to get into cinema and he saw like a movie, he saw Heat, Michael Mann's Heat, and that got him into movies. And I was thinking, God, you know, when I was a kid, I was seeing The Exorcist and Shampoo and Annie Hall and, <laughs> you know, and so that's my frame of reference, you know, and I think if you grow up in that area, you're always wanting to go back to what you think is the best time. But what I thought of this morning at 3am is when one door closes, another door opens. Think of how much more opportunities there are to expand um, online if you're using streaming and you're bringing together communities. It doesn't have to be as um, you know, tightly controlled as, as it is now. You could have, let's say you had an Academy YouTube channel, you could have Uh, student films on there you could have contests for screenplays you could have a whole community built up just around the youtube of the oscars you know and then when the Mm -hmm. show comes out everybody's really excited about it and millions of people are watching it and and it revives their whole game and just in a different way it just it's just looking at entertainment in a slightly different way you know And, um, and that's
2: as you say even before the era of of uh DVDs and Blockbuster and VHS tapes. There was the era when people were able to be exposed to classic movies on the Late Late Show. You know, the, mm. that came on, the movies that came on on after the Late News at night. That came on at 10:30 at night. I, when I was growing up, I got, saw a lot of movies on TV that way, and so that's how I got into a lot of movies sure. from the from the 50s and 60s.
0: Well, I have to tell mm-hmm. you that my sister and I, when we were kids that's how i saw most of the old movies that i was obsessed with you know the gangster movies and the Uh, musicals and it was all on channel five you know i think if the storytelling is good people will come ray you know (laughs) they will and Mm -hmm. so i was kind of excited about that thinking about it thinking about what netflix did with that show and thinking of the possibilities so um so that's all the good now let's talk about the bad (laughs) no Mm -hmm. there's no bad um Actually, let's just let's just do what our listeners want us to do, and just just talk straight up Oscars um, stats and whatnot. Obviously, we're mm-hmm. in uncharted territory now because we have we have all different winners everywhere. Like we don't know. Like th- there is no category that feels set. Now, I did some stat looking today, and I found that in all of SAG Sagina- and uh, all of uh, going back to the year 2000, let's say, um, no actress has ever won both the Globe and the BAFTA and lost the Oscar. And only twice have a Best Actor won the Globe uh, and the BAFTA and lost, right? So it seems to me that that's a pretty pretty heavy-duty stat, but at the same time, we're in a weird situation because the A24 people very smartly told uh, Michelle Yeoh and Kihi Kwan to very specifically say, this is making history. I am the first Asian to win in this category. Michelle Yeoh would be the first Asian actress to win and lead at a time when the Academy's taking tremendous heat for an all-white category of actresses forever. Um, So I think that that mitigates it somewhat. In terms of stats, stats only can take you so far. You know, you have to also just deal with the present—what's happening right now—and um, so I guess we can talk about that. What you guys, and then, then of course, we have the dreaded <laughs> Best Actor race, which is like—well,
2: yeah, Sasha, you've always well, talked about how the speeches, how important the speeches are for for form for, for um, forming an image of the of the winner and how how people feel about seeing that win that winner on stage. And it, uh, the, those two speeches that you mentioned were like a publicist's dream, weren't they? Yeah. If, if, if a publicist could not have written better speeches than those two speeches. They were perfect. That's exactly what an Oscar campaign campaigner would want their, their, their candidates their, to say, their contenders, to say that it was perfect. So I mean, that
0: both just blew me away. They were so good.
3: So, Sasha, I want to go back to your stat that you just mentioned about Best Actress. Could you mm-hmm. say that again, please?
0: So as far as my charts go, unless I made a mistake, I did not send them to Marshall to look at. So it's possible I fucked it up. Oh, it's possible that I'm getting this wrong. But as far as I know, no actress has won both the the Golden Globe and the BAFTA and lost the Oscar, regardless of SAG.
3: That is not true. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Kate Blanchett actually won the Golden Globe and the BAFTA for Elizabeth, and she lost to.
0: to get And what year was that? Mm-hmm. Nineteen
3: ninety nine.
0: Yeah, see I only go by two thousand and beyond because um okay. they changed okay. the date. So right. Right. the okay. BAFTA was held after the Oscars up until the year two thousand. The gladiator okay. year. So yes, before that I'm sure you could find it. But since then, since then, twenty two thousand and beyond it hasn't broken it.
2: And nineteen ninety nine was a wild year in itself even if you were counting it it was it was almost an outlier even then because no
0: one was expecting shakespeare and love to come up from behind like that and Um, it was also a time when you know the like for instance the uh there was a lot of talk that cape blanchett deserved to win over gwyneth paltrow but in the in the heat of the season um she everybody fell in love with her but I think the Oscars were in March, late March. So I think the BAFTAs were in May, I think, of that year. So I think, I haven't looked, but it seems like that would be enough time for them to, you know. But who knows? Uh-huh. I mean, maybe they still would have given it to Cape Blanche. That was crazy back then,
2: wasn't it? When the BAFTAs were like in the summer, practically. Yeah. You know? <laughs> After everything else was already yeah. over, two, two months later, it'd be the BAFTAs
0: show up. Mm. Oh. BAFTA was
3: April the 11th that year.
0: Okay. April the 11th, so not so they too... Came
3: down from the, came down from the high by then probably.
1: Um. So here's a little trivia step for you. So, going along with Sasha's stat of, uh, BAFTA Globe winners winning at Oscar. How many? So I'll say four times since 2000. That's happened where they lost SAG and won Oscar. So one BAFTA, one Globe, lost SAG, but won Oscar hmm. in the lead actress category. Can you name? the four or any of the four
0: i could name one that's meryl strape for iron that, lady
1: correct that's one uh one just happened a couple years ago and i think sasha it's the only if i remember it's the only one you missed that year
3: you, i think um francis McDormand. no no
0: Maybe your, I'm,
1: wrong I'm sorry think you were 23 out of 24. The 2018, Didn't you miss Coleman.
0: Those days are gone. Yeah, so that's it. <laughs> Olivia <laughs> Coleman. Yeah, she won the BAFTA. Olivia
1: Coleman was one of them. Yeah, she won BAFTA and Globe, lost SAG, but one Oscar. So yeah. Streep, Coleman, Streep, Straight- Marion Cotillard was for La Vie yeah. mm-hmm. And Nicole Kidman for The Hours.
0: Right. That was a weird year because Renee. That was another. That was a year when the SAG Awards, three of them, went to Chicago. And so you know, Chicago, Renee. I remember. I think I predicted Renee elway I I don't know how
2: you guys keep all this (laughs) stuff in your head. I I I know a lot of this stuff that, but I just can't put my finger on it. I just don't have it at my fingertips and on the tip of my tongue like y'all do. I will say one thing though. And I, this may be completely untrue, so, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think I remember reading last night one of the readers out of the, out of the 700 comments we got last night. I think somebody said that out of the past some, I, I'm just going to I'm trying to paraphrase. I think out of the past like 18 years, that nine times out of the past 10 years, 18 years that the SaG and Oscar have not matched up for Best Actress, so that's half the time hmm. and it, it alternates every other year so it's one year on one year off one year on one year off and last year it was on last year they matched and so this year they're thinking maybe it won't match if that's if that pattern
0: well l- true. we, we can not talk about sure yeah correct. let's move into that and in just a minute. that's the mm-hmm. other city in the tale of two cities we'll, we'll go over to BAFTA influence because mm-hmm. that's the other thing to talk about but just really mm-hmm. quickly on that one point which is that there are two things to consider. The first is that it's not SAG anymore. It's SAG-AFTRA. And that started mm-hmm. around 2012. And that's 120,000 people. Only, I think, 50,000? No, it's, I, I don't know how many of them are purely SAG. So already you're not going to be able to really measure stats if you're just doing, if you're doing st- SAG-AFTRA and SAG. They're going to be different. Um, so, however, what, what is undeniable is that 100... And 20,000 people really love everything, everywhere, all at once. And that is significant. And that is something to really think about because we've never seen anything like this before. Whether they just purely love the movie, whether it feels like a religious awakening to them, whatever the reason, they loved it. They loved it enough to give Jamie Lee Curtis the Supporting Actor Prize. Supporting Actors. And that was really the big surprise. I think a lot of you guys were predicting Michelle Yeoh to win that, weren't you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Curtis. Curtis was out of left field,
0: in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. She obviously was a split vote recipient. Yeah. You know. So, but but now we have to talk about the BAFTA because the other the Tale of Two Cities. There's this. You know, BAFTA gave one prize to um, this movie, and that was editing. And see, they, they did this once before with Birdman, but back then the dates were so smashed together that they didn't have time to catch up with the Birdman surge, and they were still going off the boyhood surge. I remember that happening because it happened with Revenant and Spotlight 2 and La La Land, is that they just didn't have enough time to catch the consensus that was, was starting by the guilds because it was so sudden uh, of a cha- and dramatic of a change at any rate they did not like this movie. They, didn't, they liked it to nominate it, but it didn't, it didn't, All Quiet on the Western Front won all their major Oscars. Supporting went to Carrie Condon, um, Barry Keegan, Cate Blanchett, and Austin Butler, right? So
2: mm-hmm.
0: are we yeah, really to say, I, now we can't just pretend that this, the BAFTA voters aren't important in the Academy. They are because there's so many wins that you have to say was BAFTA-influenced. Because what happens a lot of times is that the, the actors split their vote on the American side. And then the BAFTAs are united. That's what we saw with Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Clarence pointed this out. You never saw a more obligated vote than Chadwick Boseman. And they went against that because of the BAFTA voters. And we've seen that. We've seen Mark Rylance won um, for Bridge of Spies. Like... Every so often, you really do see the BAFTA influence, sometimes in score, sometimes in other categories. They they are significant voting block in the Academy. They might even be up there with the actors. I don't know. I've never counted. But I think you have to weigh these two things together. You have to weigh the extreme love for this movie on one hand and the extreme dislike for it on the other.
2: All right, go it, ahead. I, 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 I may not say dislike, but it just didn't connect with them. I think I said it on a podcast last week or the week before that it, it may just not have registered with them the same way it registers with American audiences. Because even though it's, a, it's Asian cast, it's Asian American, there, and, and, and it's a very American style of story and style of storytelling right. that might just not have landed with them the same way that it lands with us here.
0: Yeah. Well, either way. Um, yeah.
2: I mean. Well. I mean. Yes. Sure. I mean. I don't mean to try to change. You know. Put words in your mouth. But I just think that you're. You're right. I mean. They ob- obviously did not like it as much as the American audience. I'm just the trying American to to like give it. some
0: comfort to the people who feel angry and sad. <laughs> I'm taking the hit. I get to play mm-hmm. the bad cop here because mm-hmm. a lot of people so, didn't like okay. that movie. Yeah.
2: And I didn't. And I'm not. I didn't mean to like question. Your wording or anything, I didn't think right. a bad way to put it.
0: I, I didn't, no, don't worry yeah. about it, honey. That's no big deal.
1: Um, even if you just look at the last 10 years since SAG and AFTRA merged, um, SAG still is the most and it's barely, but SAG is the most accurate with overlapping with Oscar. They have 33 SAG winners went on to win Oscar out of 40.
3: Hmm. The
1: BAFTA's right there with it, 32 out of 40. The Globes are right there behind at 31, even though that's kind of a skewed stack because they get two winners in the lead and and uh, the lead actor and lead actress roles. Yeah, And then Critics' Choice is right behind that at 30. So they're all bunched up really close, about the same percentage. SAG does have the overall lead at the moment.
0: Uh, yeah, it does, but if you look at... Um... Yeah, they do. They, because the reason for that is, is partly because the academy's so a- actor heavy, like the biggest branch. Um, but part of it is that the SAG show was so, and the Globes both, at, before the great, you know, before the apocalypse of 2020, the Globes and the SAGs were the two most watched shows. You know, they, they were hugely televised, big publicity events. And so they became more influential as a result of that. Uh, it's why they're more influential than a lot of the Critics Awards, for instance. Um, people saw them, they make magazine covers, and you start to slow... Like, if you see a picture of Michelle Yeoh with that prize looking so happy, that's going to that's gonna sink into you somewhere. And you might not have seen a picture of um, Cape Blanchett, you know? And I think that's, that's something to consider. That's, that's really how you build a consensus, is just this kind of general feeling that everybody catches at the same time where they want to see somebody do well, and they want to see them win an award. Um, and if you look on the article that I wrote today, I, I built these exhaustive charts, <clears throat> and they show the wins from SAG and to Oscar. And, you know, they're color-coded, so you can see how they go. And if you look at the best picture, because I do, I do the best picture, and then I do, um, you know, the acting people that are nominated from that from that film and then i do sag Mm -hmm. ensemble and then i do the actors that are nominated from from that film and by far best actor i'm sorry to have to say is is the strongest one like it has the the uh, the tightest grip i would say on the sag oscar more so than best actress the the last miss was well it was just uh Chadwick Boseman. But before that you had to go I mean, when was it? Like when was the last miss before that? Like the 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 best actor is the Ironclad one. In other words, however, I will note that mm-hmm. in almost all of those cases, not all because Jeff Bridges won both, they have a best picture nomination too, which The Whale doesn't have. Now, let's talk about Brendan Fraser. This is Clarence's favorite topic. He's been waiting all night for this. <laughs> no, just kidding. So what do you guys think? Like, does this mean Brendan Fraser is now the frontrunner and is going to win? Um, or do you, do you think... How many of these acting categories do you think are going to match? We, we know supporting actress probably isn't. But I'm just wondering what you think about uh, Best Actor, Clarence, if, if you feel like talking about it.
3: <laughs> well, I can talk about it. <laughs> um, I mean... I, he probably wins but but i will say and i said this earlier in the fall if he wins it's not on the on the basis of the performance it's on the basis of he's a nice guy he has come back from a lot of personal trauma he cries at every award show um and people love that and i think um i'm sorry to say it i just i'm not a fan of the whale so send me your emails send me your tweets whatever because i won't read them um (laughs) You know, I, I'm sorry. I just, that's, that's what I think. So, yeah, he probably is the front runner now because, you know, people see him up there on that stage. He gives a good speech. He cries. Some people would say, well, I'm not going to say that. Um, he cries. <laughs> He's very warm and I'm sorry. I'm I'm really trying not to be bitter. Say it, um, say it. Go ahead and say no, it. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Stay away, devil on my shoulder. <laughs> um, <laughs> He probably is the front runner. That's, that's what you want out of me. So there.
0: All right. I will, add, I will add another dimension to take the heat off of you for a minute, which is that um, I think we're in the moment in this country and industry where we punish success. But we especially punish it when a, oh, sorry to have to say, and if you guys think I should cut this out, I will, but where a white male is concerned. And so I think that that side by side, Brendan Fraser at this particular moment in time is more of an appealing choice because he plays such a wreck of a human being. An obese man who has nothing to live for is the saddest thing I've ever seen on a screen. And uh, and that makes people feel better about voting for him than like one of the hottest actors (laughs) in the industry who is just up and coming playing an icon like Elvis Presley. Like, I think it's just, I think that, that the reverse is, you know, it used to be that we, we, we rewarded success, we rewarded alpha males, and we liked that and we were drawn to that. But per, this particular moment in history, maybe the Trump effect, whatever it is, it's, it's just not true anymore. They don't recognize or, or reward or feel good about picking people who are uh, apex apex. Predators or apex primates or you know top no of the heap, I never
1: uh,
0: yeah. huh? <laughs> what, Mark?
1: I said no wonder I never win.
0: No, exactly. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> right. but, so, first
1: I, you movie. know, I.
0: I <laughs> Mark, I, I need that's you to be a little that. bit louder. Is there any way you can? <laughs> I can barely hear is you. My yeah. Oh really? Is it is no, it my end matter. or can you guys hear him okay? No,
2: I I no, I, I, can't I, I I also. Feel like it should be a little bit louder yeah we don't want anybody
0: to miss like your jokes
2: good. right yeah and that was good. <laughs> so, it's, so and so cool. <laughs>
0: it's like it sounds like i've got you it sounds like i've got you trapped in a shoebox somewhere mark it's like okay How about, that there better? that's, so, oh, much that's so much better oh my god it's yeah, fantastic that's he, he came out of the shoebox <laughs>
2: There we and go. So the so you say it again. The reason that yes. you, the, you don't win any awards is because you're the apex male huh? among That's right. right. <laughs> and, so uh,
0: I don't know that that's a I, I, think tr- I,
2: I think there's something to that, Sasha. I also think that it's kind of it's like a pretty fairly long history that that the men in the academy who are vote on their ballots very very seldom vote for the young hot guy for best actor mm-hmm. a, that's true a, but a best actor usually goes to a guy has after he kind of ages into it a little bit and no he, i agree he, with that in really terms of the, the acting
0: answer. choices but i also think that like was a time when it was kevin costner owning the oscar race and jim cameron and clint eastwood and you know these big mm-hmm. sort of yeah. alpha males that were kings of hollywood and, and that just doesn't exist anymore uh-huh. right now you know right if they yeah, exist I, they're not I, in the oscar I, race I
2: another factor too is that even even with his chronological age austin butler would be i think the fourth youngest best actress best actor uh, uh, winner ever and he seems much younger than he is than, mm-hmm. than his actual age he looks like he could be 22 instead of 30. yeah
0: right and they're just not going to feel so any urgency to award him that their urgency is to award a guy like brendan Fraser who's never going to be there again like Austin Butler might have mm-hmm. another shot at this, you know, at some point.
2: Mm-hmm. And then one more thing, I will say that it's not only just the just white men who have to deal with that, but I think we've also, it's also been remarked on many times before that a really beautiful actress often wins for a role where she has to ugly up mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent, you know, um, she's sort of like then that goes way back too, with even as far back as like Elizabeth Taylor in in who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, but, but, uh, like Charlize Theron in monster, you know, examples like that where an actress has to really like, really become kind of dingy before, the mm-hmm. she, before, well, before she wins. Well,
3: yeah. There's an exception to that role. It's when they, uh, when they also are sex objects, when they shake their ass oh, in front yeah. of the camera, like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. The, the ingenue, the ingenue but see, the we,
0: should, we should be very, you know, we should be clear here. and I don't think any of us would be, have predicted Austin Butler if he didn't do that in Elvis, which he does. He puts on the makeup. He does become... You know fat Elvis like it does happen in the movie. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. but I think that they're rewarding My opinion they're they're more comfortable rewarding Brendan Fraser because they feel sorry for him They feel bad for him. And I don't think that they feel that same way about Austin Butler. That's my only point Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Mm -hmm. All right, so Uh, let's move on to supporting. So how many of us are predicting? um, Brendan Fraser to win are you gonna stick with Austin Butler?
3: that's a tough I'm, question i'm going austin butler down with the ship I don't down care. with the ship i love yeah, down me with the too. ship me too.
1: i'm still on the fence I, I think if i had to answer today i'd probably say fraser but I, I you know the whole lead actor tied the best picture nominee mm-hmm. makes, makes it really hard to pick fraser even if yeah, for every it's for, you it's
2: and every, Sasha, Mark, you you and Sasha are so professional about this because you have your reputations <laughs> to think about. Yep. I have no reputation whatsoever, and so, <laughs> so I just go. I just I just I just go play wild cards all the but time. But every so know? often you <laughs> yes. land one, Ryan.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, every so often. But the thing yeah. is, Mark, the thing to consider, the only thing that keeps me from yeah. predicting Brendan Fraser, is BAFTA. Yeah. BAFTA because they loved Elvis they loved the movie so a lot of voters are going to be picking him regardless of what happened at SAG they had the option to pick Brendan Fraser and they didn't and they matter like we have to think about that We ha- you have to factor that in I'm a little bit more worried about these two lead actor races than I am the supporting because the supporting you're going to see a lot of splitting going on but in the lead it's just two two you know one or the other and I think that it could go either way
1: I really do Lead actor is actually the one out of the four categories where BAFTA has a better track record in the last ten years than SAG. Oh. So I don't know if if they have influence, maybe somewhere. It seems like actor is where it is. I mean, they've they've nailed the last eight in a row, and only missed uh, McConaughey. Well, uh, since the
0: I will say period. this much is, I think there's a chance. I, I pretty I feel pretty confident that. Making History is going to push Michelle Yeoh over the edge, even though Cate Blanchett deserves it. Sorry, but she yeah. does. Um, I but so I, I think in Best Actor, that might not be the case. So I think that... The, the, and, and Brendan yeah. Fraser's white, so he doesn't have that Making History thing. They might feel sentimental toward him, but I worry that the BAFTA vote is going to cut into some of that. So that one I feel like is a crapshoot. Yeah. Um, what about supporting? Let's do... Because we only have about 10 minutes here, so...
1: Well we know we know Kihi Kwan, right? Yeah. So let's let's maybe just focus on supporting actress.
2: Okay. You sound so much better now, Mark. I wish we could oh, ask you to I know. So
1: the connection was, was bad so I switched earlier and I didn't know it sounded so bad, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's okay.
1: So supporting actress.
0: Supporting actress.
1: This is actually this is actually the category that BAFTA struggles with the most uh in recent years uh, getting only seven out of ten since the sag after merger and in that time sag got nine out of ten the only one they missed was regina king who they didn't even nominate but BAFTA also didn't nominate her so that was just a weird year but uh this is this is leaning more sag but hmm. that's curtis and i don't know that i can do J- pick jamie lee curtis here what do you guys think
0: uh, am I talking? Um, I, I think that I am a I am a woman. How about Mark Wahlberg? Women are talking. Oh, my God. that was. So
1: oh, my funny. God. That was fantastic.
0: <laughs> that was like the funniest thing. He was like, where am I? And how about how they asked Jamie Lee Curtis on the red carpet. They said, um, you know, do you want to star in White Lotus? And she's like, what's that? I'm sorry, but really? I know, right? Come on. She knows what White okay. Lotus is. She can't be that out of it, right? You
2: would not think that she would be, but I just don't
0: know.
3: Well, she sat through award shows where they have won awards this season in
2: front of her. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. See, I, just don't, I don't understand people. I don't know what what games people are playing with us. Oh,
0: me either, me either. You'd think that her husband's so good with comedy that, that they would be onto this White Lotus thing. Ever... Anyway, right. so um, I I am stuck on that. I'm, I'm going to stick with Carrie Condon only because... I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis is going to win, but they have no reason. I mean, look, look, I think she gave a great speech and she she did like the A24 thing. She reminded people she's 64 years old and she's Jamie Lee Curtis. And this might be her. I mean, who's ever doing the publicity on that movie? (laughs) It's like A plus, A plus for the talking points. I have no idea who it is, but, um, but that is some, that is some sharp shooting there. So that is an, a factor, is a consideration that someone's that old who's given so much to the industry. That's a factor. She's very well-liked. She's been working it hard. She's been doing a lot of her own publicity. She's everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. But she is a grotesque <laughs> character in the movie. She's grotesque and uh, hard to watch. And so that alone makes me think that she probably, that people, if, if you don't like that movie, the one thing you're really not going to like about it is her in it. So that's my problem with the movie is her character. Uh-huh. That
2: possibly although I, I I my first impression when I first saw the saw the movie the first time was even though that her character was very disagreeable and horrendous and it's a, a walking horror show that that she was having a blast playing that role that she was just 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 full tilt enjoying joining mm-hmm. the hell out of it. And that struck me. I, I was I was getting off on her enjoyment of just being able to, to just go wild in a role like that. Mm-mm-mm. And a lot of actors and actresses really do like to play a villain like that, you know, because they just revel in it. I would not have thought that that she would not have been. I would not even have been considering that she might win until last night, but to see the way the room reacted to her and the way that she handled it and every, every step of the way, like I said, every word out of her mouth is just pitch perfect.
0: I know. Not not only,
1: Hmm. not only, I I agree with what you say about, you know, her looking like she's having a lot of fun, but I think another component possibly that could help her is if Yo, if if they are going to go with Michelle Yo, the whole, Buddy thing that her and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis have had this whole award season has been pretty fun to watch too. Like I, I love their love for each other, and I know I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of the mo- of the movie, so maybe that's just me. But um, you know, it's been fun to watch them uh, lift each other up, kind of. So I wonder if others might get caught up in that emotional whirlwind as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean,
3: at this point, sorry, go ahead, Sasha.
0: I just wanna say that i am throwing no. throwing this out there, it'll just be really short. Look up the Oscar stats of how many films have won three acting awards and best picture. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Probably not many. Go ahead, Clarence.
1: <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. Right, but I was just gonna say at this point, like you're, we're in uncharted territory, why not give it everything? Everywhere. All
0: at once. Exactly. That's the thing. And if, if it wasn't for BAFTA, I, mean, I would think that, but they they're disdain for that movie makes me think that it doesn't have that yeah. much of a chance because they're going to be voting against it. So it's just a matter of how many there are. Um, obviously, all of them didn't vote against it. Some of them probably liked it. So it's, you know, it's possible that adds to the vote. But so far we've seen... I mean, what's really shocking about this movie is DGA and PGA going along with it. Like, that's, that's really the shocking thing, to see something so overwhelmingly. I mean, we're, we're in, like, slumdog millionaire territory here. We're in like King's Speech, but even King's Speech only won um, four Oscars. And Slumdog Millionaire c- came out in the time of only five Best Picture candidates. And the thing is, is when you only had five, sweeps were really easy. They could rally around one movie. But in the expanded ballot, they just don't because a lot they're divided up into all these different factions and they don't just, you know, coalesce around. And as you can see, they're not this year either. Because the awards are kind of all over the place. What we know for sure is the actors really love the movie. But we just don't know how far that's going to... Ex- now, if, if it had done really well at the BAFTAs, then we would be looking at a blowout. But Globes and BAFTAs didn't go for it. And, um, and, and history tells us that that usually means something. And
3: the something. Guilds haven't either.
0: No. It didn't go MPSC the, last the, night, gave it to Banshees the over. What? The Guilds. But I'm
1: sorry. Oh,
3: the Guilds the craft Uh, guilds haven't gone
1: big before not big but it's it's it won with the art directors and makeup and hairstylists it's not i mean it's not a bad start and it's probably gonna win ace
0: but it it didn't win less that's what i wanted that's the last thing i want to talk about with you guys it didn't win the mpse motion picture sound banshees beat it for that yeah not wild okay
2: now if it's that a is, huge it is wild because I I, I, I can't think how it, how that happened me either. I can't think of if anything in Banshees stood out for me in that respect. No, me either. Yeah, odd.
0: Yeah. That's a weird thing like you don't exactly think sound editing when you think of that movie. Right. <laughs> like what? You know, with the Clippers? Like I, I you know, I don't know what what they're uh... <laughs> They obviously just liked yeah, the movie. Funny. So that's a little bit of a warning sign. Now let's talk about editing. So I personally think Top Gun's getting this, but and I'm gonna stick to it. I, and um, everybody else thinks that it's going to to this movie. So what do you guys think? Probably that it's Everything Everywhere is to lose. I mean, Everything Everywhere has
1: won literally every award for this so far. Like, even I mean, even critics groups. It's yeah, it's but they don't like count. Critics
0: have no business yeah, I'm, judging I'm, I'm, editing. Uh,
1: yeah, I I hear you. I know I know you what you mean, but it doesn't count. But I still think it might show consensus when it's that overwhelming. Mm-mm. So you know, would you no? Not with a movie that they already
0: <laughs> love. No, they they're picking it for everything. Look at the Critics' Choice pronouncing. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, Critics' Choice. BAF- it's yeah. I don't know. It's, right BAFTA,
0: now, I'll give you. BAFTA, I'll give you. Yeah, but I,
1: okay. yeah, especially if they didn't like it as much. You know, if that's the only award they yeah. gave it, that's. That's pretty. Good. Yeah, but I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Top Gun wins. But I'm, I'll be predicting everything everywhere for. Yeah,
0: I think that's a good choice. And the only reason I'm predicting Top Gun is normally I wouldn't, but I do gauge that there is a lot of love for this movie, and they're gonna. And I remember in 2011 when everybody loved. I'll never forget this. Everybody loved the artist, and it was winning everything. Remember how Ugh. boring that season was? Ugh. It was just winning every. And Hugo so came awesome. along, and, and Hugo couldn't take it down. And I was reporting at the Oscars my first year. I was in the press room that year. It was before I got to actually go to the Oscars. And I'll never forget how excited I was when Dragon Tattoo came out of nowhere and won editing. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah. it didn't even have a Best yeah, Picture. Yeah, saw that coming? Yeah, it, it, it was history. The last movie yeah. that did that was Bullet in 1968. So wow. that was a so yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking about this year I feel I'm feeling that sort of vibe happening with Top Gun. It's sort of like a born born identity kind of thing where they love a movie enough uh-huh. that they're going to push exactly. for it. I was
2: about to say that Sasha. Excellent comparison because I yeah. was going to say it. <laughs> you beat me to it. It, it to me the editing in, in Maverick was one of the very best things about it. It's the epitome of slick classic Hollywood editing. It's textbook. It's like the kind of editing that you teach in a film editing class at university. Hmm. It's yes. perfect. And it's, I, don't,
1: I don't disagree with that. It's it's hmm. just odd because like when I think of that movie, the two things that stand out right away are editing and cinematography. And they didn't even nominate hmm. it for cinematography. I know. Cinematography.
2: That's that was surprising. Yeah. It, you know, it yeah, deserves that. It's it, but it is true that I mean, a, a movie like, like Everything Everywhere,
0: the editing...
2: It would it would it would it would fall apart without the editing.
0: Would, yeah. You know. you know what I will say, Mark. Yeah. I just realized something. Yeah. They're going to be in different categories that's at the good. at the Ace. Oh,
1: are they really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so they're both going to win. They're, gonna,
0: they're yeah. both going to win, so <laughs> we're not going to know what.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, that's. <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, either, but the, I I think what Brian was saying was I think is part of why. You know, a lot of times I think the movie that wins this category is the most edited film.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? mm-hmm. So,
1: and, and Everything Everywhere At Once feels that way because of all the mm-hmm. cutting from multiverse to multiverse of her and, and whatnot. So, yeah, and I agree with that.
2: especially were so seamless. Weren't they just brilliant? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, like, it's awesome. I just wanted to, yeah, just, I just wanted to rewind and watch them over. but it's so perfect.
0: But I feel like, Um, I, I think that's right. And I agree with that. I think the movie is all editing, but I think that personally, it's my go down with the ship thing because I, I just feel like they're going to give the award to Top Gun where they can, like they did with Dragon Tattoo. Cinema Audio Society is coming March 4th. Ace Editors is March 5th and WGA is, WGA is March 5th. Now, the WGA is going to be a really interesting thing because it's either going to be... Ban- is Banshees not nom- uh, not eligible there?
1: No. Um, yeah, Banshees and Triangle of Sadness are not eligible. All right, so... so everything, so... everywhere, all at once, Fable, Moons and Tar will go up against each other without those two in the race.
0: Right, so that, that is a moment where we'll, we'll really test everything, everywhere's power because if it beats Tar, Tar is very popular... Um, yep. and it could win, but but I think everything everywhere feels like it has the momentum, so I wouldn't bet against it there. Do you agree with yeah. that? And yeah, then, I, I think
1: I, I think you got to predict it there.
0: And then what about adapted?
1: So adapted, all quiet on the Western Front, and Living are ineligible uh, for for WGA. So you have um, Women Talking, Top Gun, and Glass Onion all going against each other in that category that are also nominated for oscar so probably
0: women talking women are women talking are the adapted
1: women are talking
0: <laughs> women are talking <laughs> hush women are talking <laughs> no <laughs> uh, yeah i think it can't lose right yeah
1: yeah i think this will be i think this will be a year where neither eh, i don't know no i'll scratch that Go ahead.
0: All right. So last thing to say, and then we'll hang up is that I think we're looking at either a very, very predictable Oscar where it's just this movie dominates and all the consensus picks bear out. Or we're looking at another show where it's really unpredictable and all kinds of crazy stuff happens. And we don't know, like all quiet on the Western front wins best picture or something like that. You know, um, I was just going to say that's your job as Oscar watchers is to balance the tale of two cities, balance the BAFTA and balance the SAG. And industry and try to figure out wh- which direction you think it's going to go.
1: I think regardless, this isn't going to be that predictable because of what we have going on in the acting categories. Really, only one of the acting categories, there's a, a legitimate frontrunner, right? Every, the other three, they're, you know, in hindsight, we'd be like, oh, of course, Fraser won. But right now, that's very up in the air. So I, I think, you know, when it comes to the major prizes, picture director, yeah, those races feel a little sewn up but Mm. there's enough intrigue like we talked about with editing it could go either way with everywhere or Top Gun Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised either way so I think there's going to be enough uh, shake up in the race this year that I think you know something like 17 or 18 out of 23 will be a pretty good score
0: yeah I'm sure I'm going to top out at like 14 (laughs) <laughs> That's what I think is going to be my prediction for that. Um, all right, well, that was fun, you guys. I think we did a good job. We got on it. We didn't wait. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I hope you so all have times. yeah, have a good night, and then we'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. good.
3: All right. Thanks. Have a good evening. Everybody all right. Bye bye to five and getting drained and settle for second best, scared to risk what the future might bring. What the future might bring. I hope.